As I'm reading the Bible, I am realizing more and more that God's way leads us to the best life. This best life is meant to be the um, basis of the prosperity gospel. This is meant to be what prosperity gospel is based out of, which is if you follow God's laws, you're going to live in prosperity. The problem is that the what we usually use for prosperity gospel and like the the messages for that is all about usually centered around giving. You give and then you'll be prosperous. You donate more time, you'll be prosperous. You donate and you give money, you'll be more prosperous. And really, we're not really defining what does this prosperous mean. We're not defining what prosperity means. And really, what prosperity means is that we have more than what we need. We have our needs met. Um, And that we're able to actually have so much that we can give out of abundance, out of our abundance to somebody else. So um, the needs that we need, what are those needs? The needs are food, clothing, shelter, relationship, uh, purpose, growth. These are all things that we really need to be able to to live life, uh, to be able to enjoy life. Notice I didn't say love, I didn't say hope. All of that comes out of these these different things. Food, clothing, shelter, relationship, purpose, and a way for growth. And, um, and when we have more than these, that we can start giving these or helping other people figure this out or be a part of this, that is when we can actually have um, a prosperous life. That's when, when we are full in all these areas. So if God's way leads us to being full in these areas, uh, then when does peace persecution come? Because it really looks like that all these things are not something someone is against. But have you ever felt the way where you are so, someone is so blessed. They have something that's so, something that you really want. It's an abundance. That could be power, could be influence, could be money, that you kind of get mad at them or frustrated with them. And you're like, well, I deserve that. I should do that. That should be me. That's really where persecution comes from. At least that's what I'm thinking off the top of my head is where, as I'm going through this and I'm reading the word, and that's what I feel like it's in my spirit, that persecution really happens when we are living God's life. God's blessing us because that's just, we're living the life that God has said, this is the um, way to have the best life. And then people see that, see our benefits, and then they feel like they deserve that. They they need that. And instead of them inquiring, how do I get that? How do I live the life that God has? They automatically assume that we did it from, from either motives that are uh, unkind, unlawful, or they just don't want to do what we did. And they think they deserve it just the way they are. Therefore, they come against us. They they fight against us. They say things like the biggest building that in our community shouldn't be a church. Or they say things like, you know, just because we follow God's principles, that we are bigots. Or that we don't care about people. Um, and so they try to take it from us thinking that they try to take it from us, that they're going to have it. And that's not even as really true. Usually when you try to take something for somebody, it, it tends to not actually be yours. It tends to go to somebody else. But 
that's a whole nother thing, and I don't want to get off on that tangent. But even in all situations, and what the Bible shows us is that in all situations, whether you have abundance or whether you lack, by living in God's way, by doing what God wants us to do, that we are automatically going to have the best life that we can have. Um, the best life we can have in that situation, that, that God's going to be able to add to us and bless us. Um, mainly because, not because God wants to or doesn't want to, but because that's how the world is set up. So that way, since God spoke it and God had us live this way and wants us to live this way, that we are automatically going to have this because it's just the cause and effect. So why would God do this? Why would God set us up? Why would God give us the Bible for us to learn what the best life is? Why does God want us to serve him? Why does God want us to do these things to have the best life? And really, God is doing this for two main reasons. God's doing this, one, because he is good. He is the standard for good. He is good. And if he is good, he's going to give us a way for growth. Good equals opportunities for growth. Um, it might not feel good. It's not arbitrary. Like if it does something that I want, it's good. If it does something that I don't want, it's bad. But good, I'm, I'm believing, is opportunities for us to grow. That's how all things come together to the good to those who love God and to those that are called according to his purpose, like it says in Romans. That everything that happens to us gives us opportunities and reasons and ways that we can grow in our purpose they can grow in our relationships. It can grow in our being able to help people in our with food or clothing or shelter. It's a way for all of us to grow in that deeper relationship and connection with God, with who he is, so we can better understand the laws and the principles, so we can live a more complete and full and blessed life. So God does it because he is good, and God does it because... He wants to prove to us. He wants to prove to the world that he is good. What is the biggest issue or the biggest um, criticism that I hear about why people don't believe in God or believe that God created everything? And the whole, the biggest argument is if God is so good, why is there pain in the world? Why is there hurt in the world? Why is there sin in the world? Why is there all these different things? And really the question really comes down to, is God good? And, and once we can answer that, that God is always good, we can start looking for the good in everything that happens in our lives to prove that God is good. So like in the beginning... God creates the heavens and the earth. He God, God makes man, he makes woman, he gives them life, and he puts them in this garden, in the Garden of Eden, to take care of it. Uh, so let's read, let's pick up and read a little bit in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. Um, then the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat it. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. So, God put man in the Garden of Eden. It's a good garden. It's a lush garden. Man has to name the animals. Uh, man has to just work 
the garden to keep it good, to keep it nice. God even sends the mist to water the land. Like literally it's minimum work that he has to do. But Adam and Mrs. Adam, who after the fall becomes known as Eve, but Adam and Mrs. Adam, because they're the same, are tempted by the serpent in chapter three. And the serpent doesn't tell them, you know, look how great this fruit is. Don't you want this fruit? He didn't have to tell her that it's good, um, that it looks good for food, that it's pleasant to the eye. Um, but what does he does? He's the serpent. Basically, he accuses God of not being good, of withholding something good from Eve. So in Genesis 3, 4, uh, but the serpent said, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So what did he do? He basically accused God of not being good, of being outside of his nature. He's saying, God's trying to hold something back to you. And because he's holding that back from you, that's the truth. God was holding something back from them. But because he's holding it back from you, it's because it's lacking in something good. He does not want you to have it because he doesn't want you to be like him. Being like him is good. We were designed to want to be like God. And we're going to talk more about that design because I feel like as 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 the Western church, the United States church, we have done a lot to not really understand or realize that we were created to be in the image and likeness of God. We were to be like God. And as men, we were to be like God to our families. As parents, we were to be like God to our children. Um, as Christians, as a church, we are to be like God to the nations. And then God is like God to us. Like it is, God has sets up so there's many different ways that we can see and recognize who he is and have a better understanding of who God is and all that we do. So Satan accuses God of not being good. And if you look at it, even our world accuses God of not being good. So in Psalms 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I mean, we'll be prosperity. We'll be we'll have prosperity. We have room for growth. We have our needs are met. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I'm not sure if this is the next verse, but this is within that chapter. He guides me on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So it's for God's name that he guides on the path of righteousness. It's for God's name that he wants us to be successful in this world. He wants us to show us as a standard saying, in all things good and bad, he is God. So, even when our world accuses God of not being good, God wants us to have the best life, a prosperous life, because that was how God designed it to be. But also because God is currently fighting or arguing against the accusation that he isn't good. His name is being thrown through the mud. What did Abraham do when he was trying to... Um, Convince God to not destroy Simon Gomorrah for Lot's sake. He said, God, would you not do it for the sake of five less, for the sake of ten less? He got God down from 50 righteous people down to 10 righteous people 
by him just saying, God, what would the other nations say if you destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because there was just five less people than the number that you pulled? And God was willing to honor that. What did Moses say when God tells Moses, I will let I will put the children of Israel, I will destroy all of them and create a nation out of you, Moses. And Moses says, God, what would Egypt say? What did everyone say when you moved them out of the mighty moved the Israelites out of Egypt with a mighty hand? You saved them from slavery, only so they can be destroyed in the wilderness. God, that is not that for your name's sake, you need to work with these people. So many times God's fighting this accusation that he isn't good. And he's doing that through us. So we as Christians are meant to be the evidence or the witness that God is good in every situation. And that like that blows my mind because too many times we come from a victim mentality as Christians and situations happen, we are upset or we're frustrated, or this is not going to happen, or God's not doing this for me, or all the stuff like that. But we have not been able to have a chance to sit, know that he is God, and know that in every situation, no matter if we understand it or not, that God is good, and that His he wants, our, he wants his name to be great. And by making his name great, he has decided to work through us as people so that we can then glorify God's name, so that we can... To tell everybody that God is good, that God is great, that God is a God of all things and that we should serve him. God does good for us. He wants us to be prosperous, not because we deserve it. Not because we've done anything super good in our lives that make God wants to choose us. It's honestly, that's the reason why God uses the weak things of the world to confuse the things of the mighty. God uses us who are weak and poor and are less and God wants to reach into us God wants us to give us life he God wants us to give us life more abundantly because he wants the weak people to be able to come out to the strong people and say you have been chasing all this around by accusing God but look what I have now and it's not by my might it's not by my power it's by God and it's by how God is good to me and how God gave us the Bible God gave us each other to be able to learn that he is good in every situation, in everything. So we are going to keep looking at how God is good. We're going to go through God's system and how it's repeatedly shown throughout the Bible. And we're going to break down even more what we can do. So we're going to really look, um, we talked about Adam we're going to look at, at Cain and Abel, I believe, next, and Noah. And we're going to try to break down some of the ways that we can see that God is good. That even despite ourselves, and in spite of what we have tried to do, that God is willing to work with us for his name's sake, and to make his name great, and to make his name known. Thank you so much for joining, and I will talk to you guys in the next one. God bless.